coming up on this episode, we begin by discussing the modern way to build a PC, the modern way to buy a Mac, and the modern way to go RVing. Then we get into the week's tech news, including TikTok music and peer-to-peer rentals. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 343, recorded August 4th, 2022. Out of Focus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by two guys on the cutting edge, Dan Miller and Colby Rampadoo. Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, it's Hello. dangerous out here on the cutting edge. Sounds sharp. Yeah. Hazardous. Very yeah, much so. I, um, well, speaking of cutting edge... I've used Windows 11 for the first time. <laughs> Wasting no time. Dan's getting right into it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Windows I don't know. 11. That's the first thing I thought of when, when it comes to uh, cutting edge. Now, when I think about Windows 11, I assume, and I consider myself a little bit of a tech expert here, it's 10% better than Windows 10. I have no Cause idea. Because they, they added the extra one. If you're oh, going from I 10 see. to 11, it's got to be 10% better, right? Well, it's actually slightly less than 10%, right? Because now it's at 11, so it's like... See, I told you I didn't know what I yeah. was talking about. Yeah. Does that mean, like, software updates are, over time, become, like, less and less better than the previous one? <laughs> mm. Well, isn't Chrome, like, over version 100 or something? So it's got to be really yes, sm- incremental updates. Wow, maybe there's something to oh, this. Downloading an update right now. Maybe it's 104. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, um, Windows 11. That's exciting. How'd you like it, Dan? Yeah. Uh. So I honestly think that it's a worthwhile upgrade. I don't use Windows for any. Like I'm not a Windows power user. I don't know. Maybe I am, but I'm not like going into the windows. You know, I'm not doing stuff with files. I'm not. I don't usually have a lot of apps open. I'm not doing any productivity stuff on it. It's only for gaming. But one thing I do spend a lot of time doing windows is changing settings normally because I unplug my headphones or something and then it gets confused about which or should I use these speakers? Should I use the Oculus headset? And in Windows 11, the setting screen is much more unified it's still you can still end up in this place where it looks like it's windows 98 um but it's way less likely than it was on windows 10 at least for me uh but why did i install windows 11 because well this must have been two or three weeks ago when was the last time we recorded it's been Uh, a it's been a little bit it's been a little bit probably about a month yeah maybe three weeks ago i was i had some a rare bit of free time and I went to go play a computer game. I wanted to play a more intense computer game that wasn't Super Smash Brothers and I'm playing it. I'm like, oh, this is having a fun time. And then it just it just everything's off. It just shuts off. It's like, oh, that's not good. Uh, But I was like, I don't know. At first I thought maybe it just crashed or something, but that doesn't happen. Like when when a Windows computer crashes, it doesn't just instantly turn off. So then mm. I went down and I pressed the power button. Was, everything spun back up. And that no video, no video from the other display port, no video from the HDMI, no video on other monitors. So I think the video card died. And oh, I guess you can you see it? Not really. 
uh, I had this little teeny tiny computer. Mm, it was very expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. It was great for a New York City apartment, but um, it's not very repairable. And the least repairable thing about it is the video card because I read that it is like was special made. I think you probably could repair it if you really tried, but you'd have to make sure to get a video card that will physically fit back in the thing. And you would have to disassemble it and attach their water cooling thingy onto the video card chip thing, which sounded like too much work, Mm. especially because I was like, especially because if I was going to get a new video card, I want to get a better video card and that probably wouldn't fit in the thing. Uh, But I could save the both the hard drives, the super fast NVMe thing and the regular hard drive. And but I decided to just replace everything else. So anyways, I built a new computer. It's way bigger. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And computers have changed so much since the last time I built a computer. I think the last time I built a computer was 2010. Um, And at the time, here's like the list of things that have changed. The computer box itself, the case, it maybe had a... um, a hole in the front through which air would be drawn, but there was no fan on the front. There was a fan on the back and there was a fan on the CPU. And so that's different. Now you get a computer case. There are fans in the front and in the back. Um, and in this one, you could put fans on the bottom and the top if you really wanted to. Oh, and there's yeah. there's like dust filters on on all sides. Is it like a drone? Like a quiet <laughs> It takes off. Take off. <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably could. Um, it's also much lighter. So then the other thing that happened was I was uh, working on it. And it used to be that the computer cases were like solid metal. They weren't like aluminum or anything. Cases now are much lighter. But that also means I accidentally sat on the... Uh, you take the side off and I put it on this chair and then I, you know, 30 minutes later, didn't realize it was there and I sat on it and I totally destroyed it, yeah. um, which I felt like would not have happened with a 2010 computer. It was just, yeah. So, but they will replace it for me or rather at my, at cost, but I was very grateful. It's like, I just don't want to have to, I don't want to have to live with one side permanently off my computer and <laughs> I don't want to have to buy a whole new case. Just tell me. What amount of money less than $150 can I give you that you'll give me a new? And they, yeah, they were good about that. Um, but anyways, the CPU fan, it used to be the mm-hmm. CPU fan was like, it was way bigger than the chip, but it was about the dimensions of the chip. And, you know, maybe, maybe like eight inches high. Now it's massive. It's just this, this like, uh, Blade Runner S skyscraper thing, this huge piece of metal that comes out out of the the CPU, and then you can put two fans attached to that one on either side. Um, so while the cases have gotten lighter, it seems to me that the cases have also gotten way bigger in terms of volume than they used to. And uh, don't and the graphics card, it's like forget about it. I remember when. Oh, yeah. The last time I built a computer, it was like if you got a nice graphics card, it was like the two the two slot thickness deal. And somehow 
the, I, this is amazing to me. It's still two slot thickness. So you kind of look at it on paper and you're like, well, how big could this graphics card be? But now it's like three times as long as the other ones were. So you have to be careful that it doesn't bump into anything else, including your giant heat sink on on the CPU. Um, well, that that's such the uh, when you talk about the CPU heatsink, that is such the argument against the Intel processors versus Apple is it's like Intel's like we can get a lot of uh, power out of our chips. You bet. But by the way, <laughs> you got to put you know frozen nitrogen on this thing to keep it remotely productive uh, yeah. because otherwise it's just going to burst into flames. Yeah. Um, what else was surprising? No hard drives is like. You know, back in the day, hard drives and the the disk drives would take up so much space, but now the entire front of the computer is just empty. So it's Mm -hmm. like, really, the entire computer is just the motherboard, which is kind of cool. Um, It was my first time getting a modular power supply, so I only got to plug in the cables I wanted. Nice. Um, It is very loud, though, and I learned that I could pay extra and get fans that can be controlled by the motherboard, so I, I might do that, and then it could lower the fan volume. And I built it, aside from sitting on the fan, I built it with no no drama at all. Um, the only thing that was really weird was I was following this guide because I, you know, I vaguely know that there's pretty much no way to really screw it up. The only places you can really screw it up, it seemed to me, are the putting the thermal paste on the CPU and then putting that on. That seemed like a delicate thing. But otherwise, like cables tend to only go in one way. Uh, but I was following this guy and it was like, oh, now, and this is smart, on your table, you've like plugged all the crap into the motherboard. Now test it out, like bring your monitor up, test it out, to see if it works at all. But how do you turn it on if it's not connected to the case? There's no power button. Uh, and, the, 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 and I saw this video too and it was like, oh yeah, you just like touch your screwdriver to this pin on the motherboard. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely not. Like, I'm... I guess I'm sure it's safe if you're saying it so nonchalantly, but instead I like took the case up and like ran the little power button wire into it and, and it uh, turned on no problem. Uh, installing. Oh yeah. Installing windows 11 on a USB stick from a Mac was also a surprisingly difficult thing because at some point recently or for windows 11 rather. And I wasn't sure if I could run windows 10 cause it's like such a new graphics card. And I was reading like various things about that for windows 11, the media, the, like the thing that it wants to write to the USB disc has a file that is now over whatever that is. 1024 times four megabytes of data and fat 32, which is the only thing that you can boot off of only allows 1024 times four megabytes to be the max file size so and if you but but if you have a windows computer that you can use to make the usb stick windows has a little utility that'll handle all this for you but on a mac you have to do it all by hand it's like basically i'm on linux so you have to like download this other thing that allows you to split that file into multiple files in just the right way so that it knows how to how to read it and that took a couple tries for some reason of it failed a bunch of times and then it eventually worked. I don't know. Uh, but then Windows 11, we know no, uh, no issues. And the setting screen is better. Um, nice. Well, I have yeah, a question, now, Dan. Yeah. 
the, the I think maybe the most critical part of any PC build. I got to know, did you put in a disk drive? No. Oh, you're missing out, man. You're missing out. <laughs> I was really hoping you were like, yeah, I got a, a Blu-ray DVD disk. No, I guess they don't in put those fact, in computers anymore. In fact, there is no place on my case for a disk drive. I guess that was another surprising thing. There's no, oh, no. door. There's no... um. Because, yeah, back in the day, back in 2010, it was cool because you could get like a PC case that looked like it didn't have a disk drive. But then you like whoop, you popped open the door and then there were the disk drives, you know, yeah. behind the door. This one, there's there's no you couldn't put one in if you wanted to. No, oh, um, not even like an SD card or something that you can do. It has space for internal disk drives, hmm. uh, including the big chonkers from like 2010 era but it doesn't have doesn't have like cd-rom blu-ray stuff interesting yeah nice but it's cool now i can the vr thing works way better now uh <laughs> which is exciting that adds up yeah nice well good well that was uh is that what you're broadcasting from right now no because oh. I have all of my audio stuff on the Mac because I use it for work. I could put I now that I have the studio display, I could put my old webcam on that. And it would work. The next thing I'm considering uh, besides new f- quieter fans is. Uh, 4K monitor for gaming, which supposedly. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the graphics cards, it just magically like in the past month, you can buy a graphics card now. If you want one, you can buy one. Oh, so I got like this. I, I got to, to my idea, to my perspective, as much money as you can pay for a graphics card before the, like the the dollar per gain ratio starts to go way down. So I got like the 3080, the special version of the 3080. And from my reading, I could do like, you know, ultra high settings, everything 4K, 60 frames per second stuff. But I only have one of those, whatever, what do they call it? 1440p? Is that the thing that's slightly above 1080p? Uh, Like the Thunderbolt display was was this as well. Um, Now I'm like, oh, should I do that? But then you start to get into that area and it seems like we... Much like how on the Mac, like before the studio display came out, people wanted a 5K display that and no one made one. And my understanding was that people were making 4K displays for gamers. Uh, But as far as I can tell, you can't get a a 4K display that is you can't get a display that is 4K. uh, Fast refresh rates and HDR. You can get 4K fast refresh. You can get 4K HDR. You can get fast refresh HDR 1080p, but you can't get all three yet. And so I'm wondering if I shouldn't just wait for that because like HDR makes a big difference on my regular TV. I feel like if I was going to get a monitor, I should get HDR. It's also we've had HDR and TVs for so long. Why don't we have HDR monitors? Well, my question would be like, of those three things you listed, maybe even if you're just looking between the 4K and the HDR, it's like, how different is a 4K monitor without HDR versus a non-4K with it? Like, is do you really need both, or is it's just a regular need, monitor Sean. with? <laughs> I, I know <laughs> none of this well, is about need. 
And that's why I was going to push you, Dan, because I think now is uh, I'm going to issue a you should buy challenge. And uh, I think we got to get Dan one of those ultra wide curved monitors for gaming. <laughs> so uh, I saw some of those and it just feels it feels like it won't ever be as supported as 4K because there will be 4K TVs and games will be like designed for 4K. And I feel like games will not be designed for whatever the heck that, you know, WQHD or whatever that standard is. I feel like uh, at one of my old jobs, a bunch of people had those for work. Oops. And it was, uh, <laughs> it seemed weird. It was a lot. I thought it was overwhelming. What are you going to do? Oh, the, the ultra wide curved monitor. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't get, I, why is it curved? Cause it's That's so a good... wide. I don't know. Yeah, I do wonder if if like maybe it's your eyeballs where it's like at a certain when it gets long enough, it's farther away from. I do wonder if it's like a vision. Like peripheral vision thing, because TVs are not curved, but they're not like proportionally as wide as a widescreen monitor. They're big, but you don't have to see as far out as as a widescreen monitor. Right. I thought I thought there were curved TVs, though. They did. They stopped making those pretty quickly. I'm a, oh. Do you remember the Samsung TV that was flat and you'd push a button and it would become curved? <laughs> I think that was at some CES years ago we talked about, but that was it would, extra stupid. It would stupid. give you a hug? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure Samsung it was a 3D TV it. too. Yep. <laughs> Little motor. So dumb. Uh, TVs. Well, excellent. Are you, have you uh, started playing anything on the uh, new computer yet? No, much like with the PS5, I went through this whole process and then I'm like, now what? And and what is nice is that all the games I was playing, like the one that eventually fried my my graphics card, now work no problem. So like <laughs> I guess that's a benefit, but it's not like uh I do think that it made a big difference with the Half-Life Alex game it, with the Oculus headset like that always felt like a little janky and sometimes it would it would slow down which is not what you want in vr if it just if it just pauses <laughs> uh now it doesn't do that anymore but i feel like i haven't yet gotten to the point where i'm like oh well now i have this graphics card i can do x because it, like with like with console gaming i don't think people have made games for the like the 30xx graphics cards because no one had them uh which is then I was like, oh, maybe if I get a 4K monitor, I can actually like push it. But it's like, I don't maybe I don't need a 4K monitor. Maybe all I need to do is wait for someone to come out with a game that like really looks cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, congratulations. I know you weren't the only one who got a computer. Yes. It's true. I've been waiting for a long time to replace a lot of my technology products. <laughs> and finally... The M2 MacBook Air seemed like the thing, the thing to do. Laura, Laura and I got a couple of M2 MacBook Airs. I woke oh, cool. up at uh, at whatever eight a.m. to order it. It came a week ago or something, two weeks ago. It's great. Nice. I got so I got the midnight one. It is a little fingerprinty, like all of the computer is fingerprinty now, not just the screen, uh, which is fine. 
it looks cool. It, uh, I don't know. It does the thing. I did compile something once and like max out the, the CPU and it was kind of, kind of, uh, slow, but I don't know. It was fine. I don't know if it was slow. I mean, was it, was it slow? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. It was, it was doing, it seemed to be doing fine. I didn't burn my legs or anything. Right. Um, it was, it did it, it handled it better than my, my old Mac, my, my big, like whatever, 2016 MacBook, not 2016, but you know what I mean? The previous gen, the Intel the old timer would have handled it. Um, and yeah. you've, you have an M one at work, right? I do. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like it feels the same mostly. But I mean, yeah. what the work one is like a pro, whatever the, the ultra with, I think it has more cores. Definitely has. How more, do you like the, uh, how does it feel? How's the hand feel? <laughs> it's good. It's honestly, it's exactly like I have the, the 14 inch or whatever, like work computer. And Laura got the gray Mac, the space gray MacBook air that matches. And it's like, it's you could confuse them if you weren't if you weren't looking too closely. It is mm-hmm. like the the pro is thicker, but like otherwise they look the same. Like they're the same, like you know, uh, kind of square on tops, swoopy on the bottom. Yeah, More. it's interesting to me that the the MacBook, the new MacBook Air, looks so much like the other laptops. And that didn't used to be the case. It used to be pretty easy to identify a MacBook Air or the or the tiny MacBook. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's definitely the same shape. I think it's like shape wise, it's fine though. I don't find myself really missing the pyramid, the swoop, the angled thing. Mm-hmm. But- now, how is the? Because um, the I think the one of the main features that I would want on the new ones that mine doesn't have is the, uh, the MagSafe and the dedicated charger. How that, how's that working for you? Uh, it does the thing. I, (laughs) I haven't, uh, just for a legacy reasons until like a week ago, there was always at least one USB thing that needed to be charged. So I haven't swapped out the, the main, you know, the always in the wall chargers for MagSafes yet. Um, but I have used, well, I use the MagSafe with my other computer, like when I go to work and stuff and it's everything you hoped for the, my, the MacBook air also came with a, a plug thing that has two USB-C ports, which is crazy. So novel. So I can plug my phone in too. <laughs> Not my Apple watch though. Cause it doesn't have a USB-C thing. Yeah, that's I'm now starting to have trouble because uh, I'm now starting to buy USB-C cords for stuff and um, I'm they're mixed in with my they all look the same. And so I'll grab a cable and I'll be like, oh, what's what's this here? This is a USB-C to lightning. Great. What do I need this for? You know, it's like <laughs> they all look the same. It's it's annoying. L- Laura had the classic uh, trying to buy the right dongle. Uh, experience like she wanted to get a the USB-C Thunderbolt dongle for Ethernet. Yes. And she purchased a Thunderbolt dongle for Ethernet, which is not somehow different. 
<laughs> that one, that one was the old uh, like DisplayPort looking Thunderbolt. Um. Wow. Well, that's good though. That's good. Some new technology in the house. Is yeah. the uh, is Laura enjoying her computer as well? Oh yeah, she had an old MacBook Air. Uh, it was it was quite an upgrade. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm still amazed every day at all the stuff I do with this laptop and be on a video call like this, and it's like, it's fine. It's not even. Chugging. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went to the Apple Store. Go. I'm on. sorry. I'm feeling. I'm feeling left out. I'm feeling. Middle child syndrome. You know, uh-huh. I, I have to I have to be included. Um, I had uh, my AirPods were starting to crackle. Ah, that's so they annoying. Were, the dreaded crackle. But thankfully, it fell within the uh, God. I love the Apple store. I got to go there more. Uh, it <laughs> fell within the because um, they were like not recalled, but, you know, they have a quality issue. Um, and I went in. The guy was super nice. I said, yeah, took it in the back. Like five minutes later, came out. All right. Well, we just got some new AirPods for you. And oddly enough, they. They weren't totally new. I had to keep the case. He just popped two new earbuds in it. Um, And they sound awesome. They actually sound better than the other ones did, even without the crackling. So I also think, though, I was using the... This is also true because he had just, like, popped on... I think I was using one of the bigger size, like, silicone ear cups. Mm -hmm. And he had put on whatever the next size down was. I just threw them in my ears. Like now the noise canceling works. I think for <laughs> years I've been using too big of a silicone and like they don't fall out. I hear it, but I put these in and now I actually get the swoop, you know, that kind of like sound you get when you I go, oh, these are actually tight and fit properly now. OK, thanks, Apple. So really, I had a great time at the Apple store. That's great. Did you hang out and like, you know, drink a cup of coffee there and everything like the, uh, the show in the ads? No, but I will <laughs> say I got there. It was a Saturday, but I got there a little before noon and it was pretty quiet, which is nice because the store gets wacky as the day goes on. It's a very, very busy store and it's not a big one, Um, but it was quiet. But I did get to do that thing where I get to sit and listen to like non-tech people talk to the Apple store people. You know, this lady comes in. I was at your screen was cracked. I was at the AT&T store and to buy a new phone. But they said to come here first, you know, and I got to get how do I get my emails off my phone? And then the guy it was one of those magic moments where the guy came back. He's like, oh, well, it turns out this is under Apple Care. I can just give you a new phone for free. And she's like, what? <laughs> she was she was very excited. So I said, that's awesome. Good for you. Nice. Uh, I had so I had the, the computers delivered to the Apple store so I could just pick them up. And uh, usually when you go pick up stuff from the Apple store, it's like a whole thing and they check your ID seven times and like, you're not the right person on the contact email. But this time the guy didn't check my ID at all. Like I showed him the pickup code and he just like brought out my computers and like handed them to me. <laughs> I'm still a little upset about it. <laughs> you're so, but you got that trustworthy face. You're just an honest looking Joe, you know, I guess. Or what if that was somebody else's computers? Or what if that was somebody else trying to pick up my computers? More importantly, I, don't, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I uh, 
I try not to get distracted during the show, but I found out, not to get too much into it, but um, a colleague I've spent a lot of time with just tested positive for COVID. So um, I've got people texting me asking me, what are we going to do? And I said, I'm doing something more important than that. (laughs) Get a COVID test. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know. Sean, I feel like you've had a lot of uh, scrapes, a lot of COVID scrapes. Well, I'm in an office every day. I mean, that's really that's really wherever I get exposed. It's just yeah. you're you're in with the same people. And, you know, well, we, there's now the trade we, show, right? Yeah, the sales meeting was bad. And actually, I'm going to start traveling. I got a trade show. I got to go to Charlotte right around September 1st for a couple of days. I got to go to Columbus, Ohio in September, Vegas in November. Uh, so I'm going to start traveling, which I don't really want to do. But the other problem is a lot of people are traveling to my office where I work. I don't have a choice. They they're flying in from all over. We had a bunch of uh, new sales guys from across the country who were in town, and it's it makes it a lot harder to avoid. Unfortunately, Vegas, Vegas, baby. Sim You've City. been to there before, and didn't someone ran into your car in the parking lot or something? Am I remembering the story correctly, Dan? You see, and that's why I like you, Dan. You're a good listener. Um, yes, I was driving through the Las Vegas Convention Center parking lot, and a woman. You know when you have you're like parked in a spot. I know you guys aren't drivers, but you're parked in a spot, and then the one like in front of you is empty, so you can kind of pull through it and drive straight out. She did that, but when she drove through it, she I swear to God must have put the pedal to the floor because she hit some mad acceleration and just blasted right out and didn't see me coming, um, and hit my rental. Yes, and th- and then did not want to exchange information. She's like, "Oh, it's fine. It's just a little scrape." And I'm like, "Even if I thought it was just a scrape, it's a rental, and I'm here on business. So you picked the wrong car to hit." Yeah, I was trying to explain to Lena why I feel more protective of rental cars than my own car. Yeah, and and objectively, I think she's right. It doesn't make any sense. Um. Or does it like, I don't know. What, what is your take on this, Sean? Why do I feel this way? Oh, you absolutely should. Because again, a, a big corporation like a, a rental car company is going to nickel and dime you and rip you off on every little bump and scrape and whatever. No, I absolutely. Now, if you're traveling for business and you're covered under your company's insurance policy, like I am, I didn't have to do a goddamn thing. The company's insurance handled all of it. That's pretty great. But if you're renting on your own dime under your own right. insurance. Yeah, I, I agree. I would be pretty darn careful. Yeah. Yeah, just seems like they're going to give you a hard time. Like there's another company in the mix that's going to give you a hard time. Like the insurance company is going to give you a hard time and the rental company is going to give you a hard time. It's not what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, especially what I found is if you're renting like from an airport, they usually don't care as much they have so many vehicles coming in and out but if you're renting from like the small town you know like standalone enterprise dealership um where they have nothing better to do than try and find problems where there aren't any that's when you got to be really careful oh man did, did i tell you the time we tried to rent a car from the Meriden, connecticut enterprise with lena's uk driver's license <laughs> no but Ooh. that sounds very funny this went all the way up to like the you know northeast regional manager it was like it was like a two hour ordeal to to get this car rented. It was the lady's first day. She was the only one in the office. She had no idea what was going on. She's like paging through this giant book looking for a UK driver's license to figure out what code to type in. She can't find the code. She like calls people. It's on hold all the time. No, yeah, it was. 
Yeah, don't go to the small rental car company. No, no, they don't. They don't know. Although I will say the only time I've really done that was when my car was totaled and the insurance paid for it. And that was nice because I didn't have to do anything. I just show up and they give you the keys. And so that was pretty seamless. But I was going to say, I'm actually thinking about trying something for my Vegas trip I've never done before. Are you guys familiar with Turo? Yes. Uh, Have you ever used Turo? Yes, once. Okay. Remember, I I rented the Tesla in Washington last year and I reported back on the show that we use Turo for that. Oh, that's what. Right, 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 right. Yes. No, I'm thinking because we need. The last time we were making a Ferrari for (laughs) photos. It's just, you know, business, you know, it's for my job. Yeah, I wish going down the Vegas strip in a Ferrari. Uh, no, I picking up chicks. Uh, no, I was going to say <laughs> the uh, I almost forgot that last part. That's pretty important. Um, no, the issue is I had to rent the world's biggest SUV last time because we crammed like nine people into it. Well, in Turo, you can rent like a 12 person van for like a really reason. So I think I'm going to rent like a big passenger van. Um, and if not, like a straight minivan. But, That's surprising. I would have thought that a, a traditional rental car company would have more of those like commercial, you know, vans they, than than Turo. They do. They do. Depending on the city cities like Orlando and stuff where they rent a lot of those kind of vans, it's tough. The thing is, Turo's cheaper because they rake you over because they know if you're renting that kind of van, you have like corporate money or like money. to. So they really jack you up on those on mm-hmm. those big vans. So Turo, you just get much better value. And the nice thing I is. See. On Turo, you can actually rent like the nice, like kind of plushier vans, um, whereas the ones from the rental companies are just sort of the generic ones. So could be interesting. Our, uh, what was I going to say? Nope, don't remember. Oh, is your uh, is your CEO going to give you a cut of the money you're saving him? <laughs> no, hmm. I get to stay employed. That's my cut. My whole my whole job is maximizing earnings, um, which is it's all I do. Believe me, I'm I'm drowning in budget discussions these days, so I keep it tight. I see. I see. Um. So, uh, guys, tech news. Uh, middle of summer. Not everybody in the tech world's on vacation. They're all at the beach. So, not really much to talk about i tried to pull some interesting stories we can certainly say screw it and just not talk about any of them or about something else not in the rundown but it wouldn't be don't panic without me at least giving you the opportunity to uh peruse what i did include you know dan we had the uh the discussion the other week about airline baggage yes. fees so i did include it's not really a tech story but uh, i heard about- a um an explanation for why my plan wouldn't work okay uh I think maybe or stop me if you were the one who told me this, but that <laughs> uh, if you know they have to pay people, there's the the the, the uh, worker shortages, and they need to pay people to put the thing underneath the plane, and therefore it's actually more expensive for them to check a bag than it is to uh, for you to carry it on. I did not think of that. That's a really good one. That is a really good point. But I do wonder if technology can help with that because like right now when they load the bags in there's actually a guy sitting in the hull and he's sort of just tossing the bags there's multiple people involved yeah if you could create a plane 
with a baggage area that could handle some automation, like a machine that automatically brings up the bag and slots it in or something like that. Um, then I think, yeah, maybe you could be talking some, I agree with you. The people aren't a good idea, but if you could automate it, you're upping the speed and the lowering the uh, personnel cost. Yeah. Anyways, hmm. uh, I'm down to talk about that. Well, yeah. What else do we have here? Uh, I see well, more, you, more TikTok crypto. music. TikTok. Yeah, they now want to sell textbooks on the blockchain or something like that. Oh, All right, let's talk about TikTok. Let's talk about TikTok. TikTok, you don't stop. Uh, TikTok might be working on a music service, question mark. TikTok has gone and uh, filed a trademark application for the term TikTok music. The service would let users purchase, play, share, download uh, music, songs, albums, lyrics, live stream, audio and video, edit and upload photographs as the covers of playlists and comment on music, songs and album. That's basically all we know right now um, is that... Uh, you know, TikTok may be getting into the music game. I just think it's interesting because obviously music is such a big part of how that platform was built um, and how music is used in the content um, that if a built-in base, you know, if TikTok music were to roll out, would it be an immediate competitor to a, to a Spotify or an Apple Music? Do either of you use TikTok? No. I have gotten suckered into caring a lot about the Instagram like reels version of TikTok that kind of works oh. the same way. Oh, interesting. That will re- where it's the, you know, the continuing video feed and you flick through them and stuff like that. Um, but I have not, I have not made it to TikTok yet. I haven't either. Should we, should we take the TikTok challenge? Oh boy. That's tempting. That's tempting. <laughs> no, it really is. Cause I have, I like no joke. I have wanted to do it. And what's scaring me off is, A, I don't want to start on a... That's kind of what I like about the Instagram Reels is they already know what I like. I don't have to, like, start from scratch. Um, and, and by the way, they're now all... My entire feed, I think if I pulled it up now, I'd probably do it. My whole feed is now um, just walk dogs, Disneyland, and uh, tours of RVs where they just walk <laughs> around and show, like, the new RVs. Um and like Tours people who live of in RVs. RVs. Yes, because I love RVs and I've been dreaming oh. lately of a future where uh, I live in an RV and drive around the country. I thought you oh. said tours of Arby's, like oh, the restaurant. <laughs> Big beef and cheddar Arby's. I mean, honestly, if someone had a channel where it was tours of Arby's restaurants, honestly, I would kind of. I mean, it seems like a thing that you would be into. Nice. Uh, yeah, it would be pretty cool. So, no, my fa- see that would be the TikTok challenge I would want to do is we create an account, each of us create an account, we use it for a month, and then we swap uh, credentials. And I have to like watch Colby's channel, and Dan has to watch my channel. That would be an interesting challenge. Yeah, it's interesting. High stakes. And by the way, Dan, I thought of you the other day. I think you're the perfect guy to buy an RV <laughs> and live out of it and drive around the country. That seems such a Dan thing, like right up your alley. Yes. The thing, if someone were like, Dan, here's, you know, here's an RV and, you know, all the logistics are taken care of. Do you want to go? The hesitation I would have is my experience living the nomadic life was like, I take great comfort in very specific things that I have. This chair, for example, and 
the other day we were talking to a uh, very long story, a pseudo wedding photographer, kind of, but not really long story talking to a photographer person. She was doing the van life thing and she took the video call kind of like seated Indian style in her bed. And I was just I was thinking the whole time I was like, oh, man, like what a pain it would be to run a business out of a van if you don't have chairs and you know never mind a, a comfortable chair uh it just i think that well, would that would grate on me quickly now if it's just like hey you want to you want to go for a month in a van then yeah sure i think i think i would i would find that fun once every couple months but well, uh you know what i found they're doing now and this is crazy is they're buying the art you know they're buying a, you know a fifth wheel at like 40 feet which is huge um will run you from wait, probably wait. about 100 you just used a bunch of words yeah. a fifth wheel at 40 feet yeah so a 40 foot long fifth wheel the fifth wheel is the one where like it goes up on the like it's long but it also goes up on top of the truck so it's not just oh. a regular trailer it goes up like when you tow it from the top of the truck not the back i see okay it's called a fifth wheel right because uh, i guess your car is a fifth and, wheel I don't and know that's that like a bring your own truck situation right oh yeah and you got to get a big <laughs> truck if you're towing a 50 a, a 40 footer fifth wheel will weigh stocked probably thirteen thousand pounds you got to get a big ass truck for that but it's also massive on the inside but what people are doing is they're spending i kid you not one of those will run you like a hundred grand they will go in and strip the whole thing and they will then install actual furniture because it comes with like the RV version of stuff. They'll actually strip it and put like buy Ikea couches and like actual furniture they like. And they'll put in like a nice desk or like a whatever. And they totally customize it for what they, they actually paint the walls on the inside instead of the horrible colors that they come with. Um, they'll put tile floor in, which to me is crazy because then you're adding unnecessary weight. But OK, um, but they'll totally strip it. And that is very cool. But then again, you're talking a lot of money to do that. So. I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> what makes you interested in this? Um, well, I, you know, we had an RV as a kid, not nearly that big. Um, I, you know, and I do like, I do like the idea of being in different places. And I like the idea of being in places that are more campground style, but I definitely need like a, a kitchen with like, a full kitchen and like a f queen or king size bed and like all the uh, air conditioning and all the luxuries that that come with it. How does it, I guess the if you go to a campground with an electrical hookup, then you can get air conditioning. Also? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, every most RV sites now you get uh, electrical water and sewage right at the site. Um, and then you have to have a satellite dish for uh, television and uh, Internet. Right. Yep. Full size shower. They now have it. They have kitchens so big in these. They have kitchen islands. That's how big <laughs> they, are. they have the kitchen and an island. I'm, I'm going to send you some videos. It's utterly fascinating. Yes. What they've been able to do. They now, have like four because they have the slide outs. Right. And they have like four slide outs per. So the whole thing like doubles in size. It's it's absolutely <laughs> wild. And there's these families. And this I don't like on Instagram, but they get recommended to me uh, is that there are these families who like live full time in RVs and then post about it all the time to try and be famous online. But it's like two parents and four kids live in an RV full time. I'm like, I'm one guy like I could do it. I don't know about 
that might be a little much. When some people do that, they're called white trash. So that's a uh, it's interesting. But these are people <laughs> who bought a hundred and thirty thousand dollar RV and a fifty thousand dollar truck and sold everything they own to do it. And, you know, it's it's a right. bit it's a little bit different. Have you seen I, Lena was really excited about the these like mega bus RVs where it has like mm. you drive your car into the bottom of it and Hell then yeah. you get in the RV and drive away. Yeah. Yeah, maybe outside my price range, but the double decker. Yeah, that, those are those are awesome. Those are awesome. Well, that's, and by the way, there's a whole community online of people who take like ambulances and convert them into RVs. So it looks like an ambulance on the outside and it's all or like school buses and all kinds of unusual vehicles. They turn into RVs. <laughs> See, it's great. That, that I feel like is cool that I could get into repurposed. Uh, yeah, that does sound cool. Right. Like uh, I missed this. I didn't even mention this in my my intro to this episode but we were at mount rainier national park last week in a campground there was no hookups of any kind but still people came with rvs yeah and this is not an rv this is not a campground designed for rvs but i guess some sites are technically maybe you could squeeze one in and as a result these rvs were not big but they were bigger than every truck and car there for sure and these things had a pretty tough time maneuvering around like the scraping the tops of trees off and like all sorts of stuff where could you actually use a double decker bus rv like where could you actually camp no it's a really well first of all rvs now are so much more self-sufficient huge water tanks solar panels on the roof um they they don't need hookups anymore like they used to but you have to go to a dedicated RV park, basically, is the answer. You can't go to, like, a state forest or a national park. Or they, they just can't accommodate right. it. But there are so many, like, dedicated RV places across the country that specifically have sites to accommodate the giant uh, But I'm RVs. trying to imagine what that would look like because the roads would have to be pretty big. The campsites would have to be big. And you would have to cut back a lot of trees because otherwise the trees would get in the way of the bus. And then it's like, what's even the point of of camping at this point? Um, <laughs> stop asking me questions Sorry. like that. I No, I'm just kidding with you. No, no, no. I totally hear you. Um, I mean, it's just like uh, I'm reminded of the story I read a long time ago about the fact that you can buy a train car and then you can pay Amtrak to attach your train car to one of their trains and ride <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Which sounds really cool, but it's like one of the least practical things you could possibly think to do. Like, yeah, at least if you got a yacht, you can get in the yacht and there's many places you can go in the yacht. And once you get to the yacht, you're kind of you're kind of home free. I'm also reminded of a story I read about this guy who collects fire uh, fire engines. Fire engines can't go 60 miles an hour. And so you can't take them on the interstates. And so you have to take them by the back roads. But fire engines are also huge. So you can't, there are many roads that a fire engine will not fit on or bridges that it won't fit under. And so actually navigating a fire engine from California to Kansas is very difficult. And also it's not, you can't just put that in in Google Maps and be like, route me only by roads that support, you know, it's not a thing. So I imagine that you'd run into all these same issues if you had one of these giant double-decker things but you would be trying to go to places that are probably definitionally remote and so there must be well, whole but I, swaths of the area that is cut off from you 
No, those people aren't off-roading, though. That's the thing. If you've got a piece of equipment like that, you're not off-roading. You're not going into the mountains with it. I, okay, I yeah, I'm up... seeing this photo, and this is what I was picturing, which is kind of sad. So you're basically in a field with no trees, and you have your giant megabus RV there. So this is an actual uh, campground I have uh, stayed at with my family up in uh, up in Ontario, right near... Um, uh, right near the falls. And this is a more traditional like RV park, more so than a campground. And yes, this mm -hmm. is what you would call a pull through the easy. You can pull it in one way and then drive it out, you know, in the same direction. And yeah, these are these are the big boys, wow. you know, and you can if I go over here, you can see some of these are now these are some of these are permanent structures. But like you can see all of these spots with not a lot of tree coverage. Yeah. yeah. Right out right on the shores of uh, Lake Erie. Now, I think all this talk of RVs, I think Don't Panic should rent an RV and we should go <laughs> on an RV trip. Oh my God, that that would be a dream come true. That would be an absolute <laughs> dream come true. I would love nothing more. Wait, now, in your mind, Sean, when you think about having the RV, what are like the places that you really want to take it to in, that you've discovered in your research? Well, that's here's the thing. And this is the reason why I wouldn't do it is because I know what would happen is I would drive it to some place. Be like, oh, I'm going to go to Tennessee. I'm going to go to Memphis. I don't know. Just make that okay. I would go there for two weeks. I'd plant the, the RV and I would fucking <laughs> never actually go anywhere. Plant it. You know, to set set my ground. Uh, and I, I don't think I would ever get around to actually doing any fun, interesting touristy things. That's the downside because I don't do that now in any of the places I've ever lived. So. Um, I think it's just more of a, just something different to do. You like? Do you like the engineering challenge of it? Of the like? I think driving one of those things would scare the crap out of me. Oh um, yeah. Because uh, you know, my dad used to tow. We had a thirty-two foot trailer uh, when I was um, when I was a young man, and he used to tow that thing. Um, here's an. Here, I'll share my screen again. Uh, I don't think this is a particularly practical example, but this shows you an idea of, I mean, that's, I think probably a world record right there. They're not all that long. Wow. But you look how, at the size of some of these. How big is too big? Yep. Yep. This is, this is where well, you got to get the giant truck to tow the thing. I've seen those. I've, I feel like I see something like that pretty regularly. Yeah, you get the, tr the triple wheel. Well, they're becoming more seen, popular. I don't know about a triple wheel, but they're, they're becoming more popular for sure. But like I said, this is an example that has like a kitchen island. I mean, this is like, wow, damn, it's it's like a house. It's nice. It does seem nice. You know, where it's got a whole living area. It's got a whole kitchen, bedroom, bath, one and a half bath, you know. So I don't know. But then you got to actually buy it and tow the dance. But I was thinking about that. Like I could get the truck and the RV and pay a much less monthly payment than my mortgage. That's true. I think if, if you're doing it to save money, I think that's a totally different, totally different ballgame. Although there was uh, one of those we travel all the time couples I saw online. They said they get eight miles per gallon when they're towing with their truck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I don't think it. Uh, yeah, I don't know how cost effective that is. You got to wait for that Tesla RV. Hey, <laughs> well, they have the electric F-150 now. I don't know what the towing rating is on that, but. It's probably pretty bad. Not, I'm, I'm sure. It, like, I don't know that much about these things, but, like, like someone was asking me the other day, why do all electric cars not have door handles? 
And it's because like every little bit of drag, it's true in a regular car too. Like if you remove the door handles off a regular car, your gas mount should go up, which I'm confused why they never did this. Um, but conversely, if you have a giant towering structure behind you that you're towing, <laughs> your drag goes up a lot. Yeah. Um, and your gas mileage goes way down. I have to imagine. Eight miles a gallon. What a deal. <laughs> now you can rent oh. RVs. I, I saw a bunch of rented RVs. Cruiseamerica.com. That was very popular at Mount Rainier. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I'd listen, man. Sign me up. The only thing is it's uh we'd all be crammed in an RV, but I think oh. that could be fun. <clears throat> I have two two follow-on topics from this. One is that last image you hovered on, Sean, was of a, I assume it was a conversion of a RV and it looked very modern inside. But the reason it looked very modern is because literally everything was gray. It's just like, oh yeah, the, the designs gray. are awful. They're awful. But that is the, that is in. You go on Zillow in a fancy area, you're going to get gray everything. Just like slightly off-white gray everything. Um, and then speaking of that, a couple weeks ago, you know, keeping my eye on, on the Zillows and I feel like over the last couple of years, the the number of obvious computer generated things in a Zillow listing has gone up. It used to be pretty rare and now I feel like it's gotten better, but you can still tell in a lot of the like, oh, look, here's like a, a, a room with some stools in it and you and the stools are computer generated and you can always tell because as soon as you stop and think about like who would have ever put stools like four stools in the middle of this bedroom look and it's like oh it's just like randomly the computer put four stools in the middle of this bedroom um but the other week i was i was flipping through the images in one of these houses and it's you know there's a couch and a table it's like okay okay i see you're trying to show the scale of the thing and then it shows like the outdoor photos. And I'm looking at, at this pool. First of all, a pool in Washington State, it can there's not that many of them, but there's more than you would think, which is really confusing to me because it's like maybe three or four weeks of the year that you can use a pool. And sadly, that number will probably go up. So I guess maybe it's a good investment, but you could just get a pool later. But anyways... It's confusing on its own. I'm looking at this pool and it's it is crystal clear. It looks like looks like Caribbean water. <clears throat> I'm like, God, that it almost looks fake. This water almost looks fake. But I couldn't quite tell. And then I was like, I wonder if I go on Google Street View, if I can see the pool from and sure enough, I could solid green, just the most disgusting looking pool yep. you've ever seen. I was like, this seems like it's crossing a line like the the putting the the chair in the middle of the bedroom so you can see how big the bedroom is that fine i get it you didn't want to bring a chair in there but to completely like to to pretend that this is like oh yeah this is a totally functional pool people swim in it all the time it's like no one swam this pool for five years that that seemed pretty messed up to me they uh i had to i just googled a random example of what you're talking about i see it all the time um of uh No, that did not work. Um, the uh, the bad Photoshop. Um, That's a bad one. 
Oh, you can see it. Okay. Yeah, but it's but I've seen those where where like it's clearly fake. But I will say, as someone who had his place um, photographed for sale, I learned a lot, and it really is just about how scrupulous your real estate agent is. Uh, because if you get the guys who, you know, I got the photos back from my house and there was definitely some touch up, especially like the grass was a little bit greener and the sky a little bit bluer and those sorts of things. But there wasn't any outright, you know, there were some blemishes you could see that they didn't clean out. But my realtor told me, she said, oh, yeah, no, I know there are definitely people who would have gone ham on your place and really repainted the walls virtually and done all kinds. It's it's absolutely wild. Deep fake real estate honestly but you know you you get there but honestly go ahead and photoshop it because you know i'm gonna get there and i'm gonna see it anyway so you know i don't think i've ever had one where i went and um where i went and was like disappointed or confused you know yeah um all right, well, guys, why don't we uh, why don't we roll on over to Pixland and then we'll put a put a pin in this episode. Pix, the part of the show, we just bring something we want to share, and we're gonna have Colbster go first this time. I think he's overdue. Hell yeah! Now um, I'm pretty sure isn't this a thing that's been around forever? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I got a new computer. I've got had a new computer two times in the last year because I got a new work computer too. And both times I got really frustrated with the like email app that I use spark the email app. Uh, it's fine. It's like a middle of the road email app that you, what you would expect from an email app, excuse me, these days, like it's swoopy, you know, it does whatever that one email app back in the day started doing and 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 everyone copied. Like there's lots of swiping and it's it's lame. But every time I get a new computer, there's like this whole rigmarole where there's like there's one account that like if you have multiple accounts, it like creates like a sync for you somewhere where if you sign into the correct account it will add all your other accounts like without you having to do anything is always so hard for me to figure. I can never get it to work. Like I, I'm, I always think I know which account it is and then it, I try and sign in and it doesn't work. I got super mad. So I was like, I'm going to try a different email app. And I, I, I don't know. I must've seen someone tweet about it or like, some link somewhere I saw some link to Mozilla Thunderbird, uh, which is like the Firefox <laughs> of email apps. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. And I downloaded it and uh, it works great. It's like, it was easy to get my, it was, I've never had such an easy time getting my like non Gmail email connected to an email app. Like it just, it just did it. It had something where I was like, oh, we'll contact your email. We're, we'll like, you know, we have some way to like ping your email provider and just like get the correct settings for you. So I didn't have to do anything. I just typed in my password and like, it, you know, Gmail, it did the same. It just connected to Gmail, which was fine, but it, it like works great. All there's no, there's no swiping 
it's it's all uh, you know it's like an outlook style uh, email app um but like the keyboard shortcuts all work really well it like does the thing it's really interesting because it it'll show like you know individual emails in the side pane and you don't really realize how many emails you get especially at work like I get hundreds of emails a day and like most of them are, you know, threads, like it's some like notification thread from GitHub or something, but like hundreds of emails a day. It's totally mind blowing. But if you are uh, annoyed with your swoopy email app, you should try Thunderbird. I just counted. I got 24 emails today at work. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I, I, Outlook, I use the Outlook app and it's pretty miserable. Um, so that's great. Yeah. The UI, you know, sometimes, right. The UI is like, you know, it it hasn't changed in probably 10 years, but I think that's fine. Works great. That's fantastic. Cool. All right. Well, Thunderbird, check it out on a computer near you. Awesome. All right. Dan, you've got another great uh, desktop application for us. Yeah. I just learned about this one recently. It is called CleanShot. So this is a screenshot uh, utility for Mac. And it does a bunch of things. But the thing it does that I really wanted when I saw someone use it is Uh, You take screenshots, you know, normally on the Mac, you take a screenshot and then it goes into the corner, but just for a couple seconds and then it disappears. Very so this one, you take a screenshot, it goes in the corner, it remains. You take another screenshot, it goes on top of that one and stays there. So you can queue up a bunch of screenshots. They're all there and then you can drag them into whatever you want to put them in. Shit. And then they're gone. Yeah. (laughs) Does cost money. Uh, but I think it's a one-time purchase and I think it's worth it. Yeah, it's 29 bucks for a one-time purchase, which really isn't unreasonable. Now, is this, uh, this isn't in the app store, correct? I don't think so. No. Man, I hate my work back. <laughs> Did... Now, here's the real question, Dan. I'm clicking through their pricing page and I see, uh, yeah. the pricing is like per computer. Do they uh-huh. check that? Or is that... I don't know. I've only installed it on one computer. Uh, sneaky. Wait, does it say that? <clears throat> I see uh, $29 one-time payment. So I clicked under $29 one-time payment. I clicked visit store. Ah. And it says one-time purchase. And then below are $29 mm. for one Mac. $49 for two max, $119 for five max, $229 for 10 max. Like how? Oh, I see. So if you use it, if you activate the license on a different Mac, it deactivates it on the other one. So it's not permanently tied to it, but yeah. Well, can I, I'll point something out. I've never heard of this before, but clean shot is, uh, is part of it. Have you guys heard of set app? No. no. S-E-T-A-P-P. So apparently, 
it is a subscription service where you pay, depending on the license, four ninety nine, nine ninety nine a month, and you get access to like two hundred Mac apps, including CleanShot. Mm-hmm. And bartender and iStat menus. Yeah, and, a, and a, a great list of apps. I've never seen this or used this before, but what's interesting is the pricing on this is you can get for $14.99 a month, you get four Macs and iOS devices. So a definite, you know, hmm. if you're doing multiple Macs. I, I, like I said, I literally just found out about this, but this is very intriguing because it looks like there's a lot of really great stuff in here. reminds me of like the humble bundle or something mm-hmm. yeah basically i see several in here i already use so might be something to try out and maybe that'll be a future pick again if i could only install things on my work mac no no fun for awful. you stuck with default apps um excellent no, very good. Thank you. I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, I do take a decent amount of screenshots and then have to immediately send them. So um, I think it's great. Clean shot X or 10, however they pronounce it. All right, guys, I'm going to take us home. You guys both picked great desktop apps, and I'm going to pick a stovetop app. <laughs> uh, that's right. I'm talking about a skillet. Listen, the skillet is probably one of the kitchen items I use more than any other. Um, I just love to cook things in a skillet. I had a skillet for like five years. The problem with a nonstick skillet is they're basically only designed to last about five years. It's not like a stainless steel um, or a cast iron. It's not really meant to last forever. The coating eventually gets damaged. I also learned you're not supposed to do certain things with your nonstick pan, like cook things on high heat, which will destroy the coating. Uh, So lesson learned. I needed a new one. Wire cutter pick, not surprisingly, the Nordic Ware uh, cookware skillet. Um, I purchased this bad boy and it's amazing. The coating is is stellar, slick, easy to clean. What's nice is the rivets are also stainless coated. So nothing sticking to it um, where the handle is. Very well constructed, robust. I got the 12 inch version. I like a big pan, uh, but that might be too big for a lot of people. You can probably do it with the 10 inch just fine. My, the one I had before was 12. Um, but that's pretty much all I have to say on it. It's a great skillet. Um, I've had it for not too, too long, but I've enjoyed it. I have the tiny version of this skillet, and I love that the nonstick is on the little rivets. That's mm. that's that's a that was a game changer over my other skill, my previous nonstick skillet, Absolutely. which had like just you know aluminum rivets and like nothing stuck to the pan. But I was always sitting there like trying to scrub <laughs> little bits of egg out of the corners of the stupid rivets preach i hear you <laughs> we've all been there no it's uh now all i need is someone to make a nonstick skillet i can put in the dishwasher when someone does that then really really i'll have died and gone to heaven but for now i'll i'll deal with this so um i highly recommend the nordic wear skillet and there you have it guys the end of the program we did it this is always fantastic one. catching up summer summer's been a bit sporadic but you know we're busy guys with busy lives hopefully we'll do our best to push forward uh oh, yeah. i do want to very briefly mention up for debate where it's our summer of video game movies now live on the feed mortal combat and i'll tell you this may be out of we're now over 200 episodes we may disagree on this more than anything else we've ever disagreed on 
Wow. Is whether or not Mortal Kombat is a good movie. This is the recent one? No, this is the original, 1996. No, no actually, I liked the original a lot. But spoiler alert, the one Matt really liked the one in the 90s. It, it was it was dog shit. It was horrible. I, I almost couldn't finish it. It was really bad. And not even in a fun way. It was just bad. Um, but it's a great episode. So people check that out. And then coming up when Matt returns from his vacation, uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider is our next film we'll be watching uh, with Miss Angelina Jolie. So that was one of those that. movies that was always on cable TV during the time in my life when I would stay up super late on the weekends and watch cable TV. It was like that one. And like the fifth element that that movie was oh, always sure. on TV. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think. There are others. Sometimes like Laura one time picked a just fully random, like really stupid looking movie off of HBO. And we started watching it. And I was like, I can't watch this. I've seen this movie like seven times <laughs> on cable TV. <laughs> like the side. I love a channel. good cable movie. Yeah. <laughs> My my number one, whenever Twister comes on, that is one that's on cable and I have to watch it because I just it's not a great movie, but I can I can I know every line from that movie. Classic. Very dumb. Um, so you're going to want to check it out for debate.tv or if you get podcasts, check that out. This show, don't panic.io is the website. We'll have links to all the picks as well as the audio and video of the show. Of course, you can follow us uh, at up for debate TV on Twitter. Email us up for debate. No, uh, don't panic show on Twitter. Don't panic show at gmail.com and of course subscribe wherever you get podcasts with the video version being on youtube uh we're going to be back next time with more discussion tech news life updates fun picks all of it uh we will be back on behalf of colby and dan i'm sean we appreciate you being here and we'll see you next time on another great episode of don't panic This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.